Welcome to Set Meals, a weekly food show about the moments that surround mealtimes. I'm Taylor Fawcett. And I'm Samuel Ashton. And who knew when we invaded that soulless Dwells branch of KFC with lav mics taped to our chests and hope in our heart. Yo, I have a question about corn chicken. I just want to ask one more question. Can I ask a cheeky question? Who knew we'd be making it to 24 episodes? Two whole seasons. The first two seasons of Set Meals has seen us go global, visiting Seoul and Tokyo, a trip that was fueled by ramen, beer, and fried chicken alone. And soju. I am out on the iced coffee run. I have left Samuel in bed, suffering from some soju-related illness. Illness? Hangover. Christ, I was rough. We've sampled Greek salads, Turkish McDonald's and Vietnamese desserts. <laughs> it is beans. The Che Bao Mao, or as directly translated into Vietnamese, three-colour bean dessert, is one of my favourite childhood desserts. Is it... And season two also saw the introduction of some guests. Ex-Mexican nightclub owners. Sandwich makers. Dumpling-obsessed fitness bloggers. American chicken shop CEOs. Some absolutely fucking brilliant people doing great things. But just like that, we've reached the finale. The not-so-grand finale. And this week, we're talking failed Italian high street institutions. An absolutely terrible PR exercise. And we visit a central London staple, Ciao Bella. At least somebody can hold down an Italian restaurant, for fuck's sake. Right then, with all those niceties out of the way, Taylor, what are our social channels? Uh, check out at Set Meals Podcast on Instagram and Twitter for general ramblings and visual stunts that help offset the absolutely top draw audio content we deliver on a weekly basis. Lovely. Let's get into the show. Let's do it. Here we are then. It's the last week, Sam. It's the last week. We've made it to the end. End of season two. We've nailed it. 24 big fat episodes in the can. A disclaimer for this week. It's 10 past 11. It's late one. Late one this week. We've been out for... The intention was to... You've been very busy this week. We had to squeeze in the pod record. Went for dinner. Pod record straight afterwards. And here we are. Here we are indeed. Here we are. Uh, it would have been about an hour earlier had we have actually booked a table for the restaurant we were going to do in the restaurant section later on, but we didn't think that far ahead, so we had to wait and go back 45 minutes later than planned. Yeah, we'll get to that though. Not ideal. What's the news this I week? I feel like the news uh, reared its head quite early on this week actually with yeah. this whole brew dog scenario. Making a podcast like this, you the uh, the news alarm really goes off, doesn't it? Especially when you have quite dedicated friends that will happily message you and tell you about things that are happening that you may have missed. Correct. Giles Smith, friend of the podcast and excellent photographer, might we add, mm-hmm. uh, he messaged us in the week to tell us about the uh, latest BrewDog. So have you seen the absolute state of the latest BrewDog stunt? It's a half and half burger, half meat, half veggie meat with a matcha bun around it and a potato rosti for some reason. It's an absolute abomination of an idea and... I get the impression that the entire thing is contrived for people like me to talk about it to people like you. So BrewDog's PR team either need a raise or all need to be fired. The thing about BrewDog is that, to be fair to them, they were ahead of the curve when it came to craft beer and the general anti-lager British drinking culture making other beers cool But they've thing, made right? it more of a problem. At first, they were ahead of the curve. Mm. Then they fell very far behind the curve when everyone else caught up. Quick question, quick question. It's Thursday afternoon, you've had a long day at work, right? 
Your girlfriend's out, all your mates are out, you've got an hour to kill. Are you going to sit in a brew dog or are you going to sit in a Weatherspoons? Where are you going? Weatherspoons. 100% every day, that's what I'm saying. That's a real man's choice. All women. The <laughs> <laughs> thing about Brewdog is the beer isn't bad. Like, the beer is fine. The beer is beer. That's but the, the whole point. culture the of it, yeah, that's the point. it is, is just insufferable for oh, me. It really is. It really People is. People that drink in Brewdog, all they talk about is Brewdog. There's a, yeah, there's a strong dislike for Brewdog in this studio. And therefore, when they do something as ridiculous as they've just done, mm-hmm. we're always going to meet that with a negative reception. Agree. So Brewdog recently released the, uh, announced that they were releasing a half meat, half meatless burger offering. This is the tweet. At Brewdog. Introducing the hybrid burger with a little burger emoji. Pathetic. plant-based Beyond Meat and 50% beef burger patty, melted vegan Gouda cheese, crispy onion straws, potato rosti, all sandwiched between matcha tea buns. 50% less meat, 100% delicious. Try it now in your local burger-flipping Brewdog bar. We're au fait with PR, and we're au fait with selling a product and making content for a reason to drum up chat. We know what they're doing. And I do not respect it one bit. We know you're trying to be different, and we, you're trying to be edgy, and you're purposefully no, but they're not. Horrible... They're not trying to be edgy. Though. They're trying to fit in with everyone else and do the vegan thing. But they're, they're also... doing it so badly. But they're also doing it, being aware of what they're doing. The mixing. We'll get to that in a minute. But but for me, it's the matcha buns that are the biggest offender in this. It's the the thing. None of the, I have none. I haven't got a problem with any of that. Right. I have obviously have an inherent problem there. It's the fact that they are playing off the fact that they are different when they're obviously not being different because they're generally being different. They're do- being different because they're going to drum up press through social media because of it. And they're making all these reasons to do stuff and they're making a ridiculous menu item and they're just doing it for the fucking sake of it. Do you know what it's like? It annoys me. It's like it they've, gone, me. they've put loads of social media responses into, into one of those word clouds yeah. and one of the things that's come up has been matcha and they've gone... Guys, why don't we, we just put matcha in, in the burger? Yeah. F- frankly, for me, matcha has no place in a civilized society. I can just about accept a matcha Kit Kat. So matcha Kit Kats were a thing that people talked about when people were like, have you been to Japan? Have you got all the different Kit Kats? And then like matcha was just one of those things yeah. that were people talked about, like the green Kit Kat. And then matcha sort of came in as a thing. And then when people realized like how matcha actually tasted, people were like, oh, actually, it's just a bit, it's just a bit earthy I feel like we're in this age of like any press is, is good press well so the, you, it, you know what's telling is that Brewdog replied to it with a Mean Girls gift saying it's October 3rd exactly and that, got, that got three and a half thousand likes exactly because people just like to see that shit don't exactly they? I'm all for veganism I'm all for people cutting down I'm trying to cut down on my meat, t- meat intake as are we all right if you have generally educated you're trying to cut down on it it says to me more than anything that Brewdog have identified their customer as as somebody who doesn't pay any attention to that stuff and laughs at that stuff. It's poking fun basically of the meat of the meat free stuff. Is it though? I think it is. Because I think it's just trying really hard no, to get into that world it though. No, it's not though. I don't think it is. I think it's almost it's what it's doing is doing this. It's generating this conversation. That's the point. Well th- okay the point. So, so so I would argue this is the point and it has really no horse in the race in where it's going. It has no it doesn't really care. The fact that we can't even even really begin to talk about it 
And also, if you look at a lot of the replies on Twitter and stuff, people were very confused by it. And and I, we saw, we did say this, didn't we? Maybe actually, it's an incredibly clever move by them. And it is just PR. It is just to get people just talking PR. about it. It is just PR. And you're playing a dicey game there, like taking, like partially taking the mick. If you are taking the mick, it's making light of a of a very like dark situation. So it's kind of like that's why I understand about it. It's interesting though because I don't think it is. I don't, I don't think, think it is taking the mick. I think it is. I think we're disagreeing there. Fine. Maybe, I think we maybe are agreeing to but, disagree. Fine. But maybe that's the whole point: that's is to it. create and division. And that's, and that's it. Similar subject. Uh, fun editing that one <laughs> uh, another bit of news this week uh, broke today or yesterday was it Yes, about yesterday it broke Peach Express struggling big to, time to the point where multiple people on my Twitter were muting the words pizza calzone because a lot of people were making jokes about oh, Pizza Express folding it's good it is good that is good it was, is good. Yeah, it was good the first time I read it uh, Bloomberg said that Pizza Express had been struggling with its core UK market at the time, at the same time as it was expanding in China. It is it is testament to how how much that that sort of market has moved on in the last two or three years. And Pizza Express has stayed the same and completely remained the same. I've never been to Pizza Express. I've been to Pizza Express once, once, and I did not enjoy it. What? You've only been to Pizza Express once? Yes. Ever. Yes. Ever one. in your life? Yes. Do they not have it in Wales? They have got, for fuck's sake, every time. That apparently, each restaurant was accumulating £1.6 million worth of debt. A lot on it. That is a lot. It's a lot. I understand it because Pizza Express is one of those places where there's always an offer. Is that indicative of the food scene changing? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know because, for me, a place like Jamie's Italian or Coluccio's, or Prezzo, is a matter of, I'm in a small town, and I'm about to go to the cinema, or the theatre, or I'm visiting a friend. See, I never really think of those places as being for that, but and you it's are right. somewhere that is easy, everyone will be able to eat something, especially if you have kids. I, I think of those places as that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which, which to me, seems like a very easy, popular business model. It's not the sort of place that I'm like, oh, we have to go to Prezzo because the food is amazing. Did you know Sweet Chick last week? Yeah. But did you not see like the Sweet Chick being like the next like Frankie and Benny's? Yeah, but then you know you're, I mean, you're talking 30, 40 years at a time though. Yeah. Jamie's Italian I, came and went in 10 years. But I think I think it would perpetuate faster. I think it becomes a faster thing because things come... Because also like marketing's faster, so things can grow and drop faster, 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 faster. Why? So I just think I just think it's a matter of, of things coming in waves and things happening in waves. And, and maybe it's not even that big a deal that things like Jamie's Italian and Carlo Gio's and Prezzo and all that sort of stuff are closing down because we've just grown up and we're, it's synonymous with us growing up and it's just been a thing. It's just been a staple. The same way as like... When Woolworths closed down, my parents were like gutted because it closed down. And really, is it that big a deal? Because it just it, things come and go, and th- things just have like a like lifespan. Honestly, for me, the Pizza Express is the first place I ever saw somebody making pizza dough oh, really? and shaping pizza dough, yeah, and throwing it up in the air and doing that whole pizzaolo trick. Yeah, That's the first time I ever saw that, and that was fascinating. Hey, look, they're not dead yet. They're not dead yet. They look like they well, they're on their fucking haunches, but they're not dead yet. So. They will rise from the ashes. Will they? Where did you get from? 
don't know. Don't know. Because it's only twelve now. Yeah. From, I have. I have no idea. Quite busy, isn't it? We we genuinely might not get in. <laughs> we'll see. It's so busy. Why is it so busy? Hello. Table two, do you? We haven't. No. Obviously not. No. No. Wow. What is it now? Eight fifteen. An hour. Wow. Okay. All right. Thank you. you. No worries. Thanks. Bollocks! <laughs> oh, shit. oh shit! I didn't realise you could book. You can't book anywhere in London. What now? I don't know. Where's that Charabella? We haven't booked. We can't get in. It's so busy. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's Tuesday night. Uh, Do we wait until nine fifteen? We're really pissed by nine fifteen. We can't oh, and record after that. It's the time, isn't it? One minute. Thank you very much. Hello again. Um, can we put our name down? Yes, Is that all right? Your name? Uh, Samuel. Samuel. Yeah, 9.15. All good. Can we go next door and just come, we'll come back, right? Thank you very much. That was easy. Nine fifteen, brother. Name's down. Come back then. I'm going to say it. From the minute we walked in to tonight's restaurant, I knew it was going to be the best restaurant section, personally for me, that we'd done on the entire two series of the podcast. There was an energy in Chow Bella that was unparalleled. As we've mentioned previously, we're recording the pod late, and it's been a hectic day and we squeeze everything in and we've been you know it's a bit like tense isn't it when you get everything in and you have to do it and we went for a beer before and we were like right we're gonna go for a beer and catch up and then like plan the episode and then we're gonna go for for meal and then they couldn't actually fit us in because it was that packed yes frankly it was a bit of a disaster yeah and we had to go back like an hour later because they were completely full and i actually thought she was joking at first it's like a provincial town restaurant like an italian restaurant in like a, in like tang mouth or something you know <laughs> There's nothing, there's no ears or graces about it. And my Even girl, Pizza Express doesn't take bookings that far ahead. <laughs> exactly! I didn't know what to expect about Ciao Bella. And we, we sort of picked it because off the back of the conversation we just had about Pizza Express and how um, you know, Italian restaurants have been, have been closing or like threatening to be closing in the last like few weeks or months. And it was just quite like a polarizing thing to go to an Italian restaurant that was obviously like family owned and had been there since like 1983. And I'm like, how have you stood the test of time stuck away at the bottom of Lambs Conduit Street when there's Jamie's Italian and Prezzo and bloody the rest of them falling like dominoes? Yeah, I messaged a couple of friends and was asking for some recommendations and what they would want to hear and what people thought. And My friend Libby has just suggested that Ciao Bella uh, just off Lambs Conduit Street and a friend of mine messaged me and said Ciao Bella was good and mm-hmm. I mentioned it to you and you said you'd already thought about it mm-hmm. and so it seemed like the appropriate place to go. John made me think, reception clothing. They've got a Ciao Bella t-shirt. And Have I thought, they? Yes. If I can get on board with them, I'll get on board with that. And we did it. And do you know what? I'm fucking glad we did. Dude. So happy with it. It was 
absolutely mental. It was the kind of Italian meal you want when you go to Italy, but you never really get. That is, we've talked about this so often on the pod about how food in Italy isn't as good as you expect it to be. The food wasn't spectacular. It wasn't fucking Mission Star worthy or like groundbreaking. Do you know what though? In terms of what you're expecting, like my thing with that whole argument we always have, we have it time and time again, is that your posh trendies like your Padella and your Trillo and all those places that are British chefs Mm -hmm. doing that stuff. Yeah. They and do you know what? In the very early days, to an extent, Jamie's Italian, like they're cooking pasta Mm -hmm. at a level. And basically, they're probably just using an absolute shitload of salt, which makes it taste really good. But whatever they're doing to it, they're cooking it at a level that when you then go to Italy, it's never quite the same as what you get over here, right? Agree, agree, agree. This place was the perfect middle point of the fact that, yes, you're in London, and yes, you're paying maybe a little bit more than you would in Italy, although I would argue now that actually in Italy, you do have to pay quite a lot of money for pasta, especially yeah. if you're going to Not anywhere cheap, where there really. are tourists. Not no, not exactly. Even, yeah. in, even in Puglia, where we've both been, yeah. where it's supposed to be really cheap, it's not, not cheap. as cheap as you expect it to no. be. This place was the perfect, design, perfect medium <laughs> where they are literally an Italian family and basically all their mates, I think, yeah. running this restaurant. It was fucking yeah, mental. Yeah, in central London. It was mental. But the food was outstanding. It was, it was like for me. I completely agree. I know you say it's not Michelin star, but that's not what I'm looking for. And frankly, I went to Padella last week, which is the the total polarizing opposite, right? Mm -hmm. Of it is trendy pasta place. It's all about fresh pasta. It's all about hype, hype. Yeah, yeah. You 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 can struggle to even get in. You're lucky to get in, and you have to queue on the app, and you have to do all this stuff, and. You get in and we actually got kicked out after an hour and a half because we've been there too long because they were waiting for people. It's so, it's so hype-based. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the food was amazing. Don't get me wrong, the pasta was fantastic. But, but it was but, very new era pasta. Hey, it was, was, there, was there a waiter pouring your red wine into your glass with such aggression that you thought it was going to go on the table in Padella? No. It's been a I bet, long I bet not. time since somebody brought a bottle of wine over and didn't even remotely ask me to try it or Mate, test it. He was, it was screw top open, get it poured in. We sat down by the door. It was absolutely heaving in there. There was a guy playing the piano which was incredible. It was just like proper London. You know when you move to London, you think, I'm moving to London, England. Right, okay, okay. Right. The, the- and this is like, this is the, I'm moving to London, it's a big city. There's, there's a vibe, there's things happening. But in reality, that's not really the case a lot of the time. It just feels no. like a bit like, it's just like quite clinical and it's like, you know, it wasn't a prayer or you're just like, just doing really boring shit. It was a fucking... I was in London. I lived in London in 1979. That's it was exactly, amazing. That is exactly what it was like. It was like going back to the 70s. It was brilliant. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Staff is so bullish. I love it. Give me the mic. Thank you. Next. Next. Oh, so satisfied. I, I'm satisfied by it the most because I've been told a lot about it. I feel like my my girlfriend works quite close to there and she's been regularly and she's regularly talked to me about it. And you know when you like you can't reference somewhere really, you haven't been yourself, you're like, yeah, fine, yeah, oh, nice, yeah, I'm sure it should be good, whatever. And then like you can't really appreciate it if you've never been. Mm. Now I completely get it. I get it. Even if somebody that you implicitly trust and, and you think their their taste is great yeah. and you think even sometimes when you tell me about stuff and I think, Oh yeah, I'm sure it's great. But yeah. you because like you say, you have no frame of reference, you can't you can't really get really excited about it. Mm-hmm. 
until yeah. you've been there. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And but now, and the worst thing is, I can already see it happening on the flip side, where I am now going to tell people about that play. I mean, I'd never heard, I'd never even heard of Chow Bella before we mm-hmm. went tonight. I wasn't aware of it whatsoever. Uh, my friend told me about it, and I looked at it, and I thought that looks pretty good. And then you said about it, and then you said Jess had been there. I wasn't even aware of it, and now the level of enthusiasm that I'm going to sell it into people—you were pumped. You were pumped. Frankly, they're going to be disappointed when they go because I'm going to talk about it as if it's the best thing we've ever had. We ordered tiger prawns to yeah. start. Yeah. And Yamaroni. We asked the uh, the guys from the Kitchens on Fire podcast who are our enemies. They're not even our friends. They're just people who also make a podcast. Uh, and um, we asked them what their uh, order recommendation was because they've been before and they're big fans. And they just told us to order a pizza between starter and main course. We thought that was because the the, the main course would take ages to come. Mm. We were foolish. We ordered a pizza uh, off the waitress's recommendation. American hot. The classic Italian American hot. American hot. Uh, and then we ordered uh, spaghetti bolognese. Spaghetti bolognese. Spaghetti bolognese. And, uh, and the, the much Italian uh, named spaghetti in a bag. Spaghetti in a bag. A spaghetti, spaghetti in a brown paper bag. In a brown bag. Everyone was uh, very. Oh, oh, we've got a table. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Cheers. Yes, please. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Black pepper. Thank you very much. Yes, please. Thank you. Cheese up seafood sausage, better no. Okay. If you like, I can do. No, that's good. I'll take your advice. Yes, I'll take your advice. If you want, I can do, but without feature. <laughs> no, that's yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you. <laughs> ah, yes, please. Yes, please. Thanks very much. Do you like chili oil? And also, she I didn't really expect her to tip it out in front of us. No, I thought I thought you were going to have to do the tipping. Yeah, same. I thought that was where the fun came. Yeah, we were on a quite small table of two as well. I thought, whoa, it's, it's going to be messy over here. Because I've had a couple of beers and I feel a little bit loose. Frankly, it was a little bit like uh, you were pouring your own frozen seafood out of a bag onto yeah. your pasta. Yeah. It was a bit odd. I didn't know, really know how I felt about it, but but to be fair, when you're in that zone, and also she was quite cocky with it, and I was like, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm in a vibe. I'm feeling it. I'm, I feel the energy. I like it. You didn't even have time to take her and block her flash frozen. No, it. but I tried. Who knew? Look at the size of this plate of water. There is so much food. It's unbelievable. I, I got a couple when she put the parmesan cheese on the spaghetti bowl and yeezy. The fact that we were sat with two bowls of pasta, we'd, we'd eaten three tiger prawns, which were, by the way, super easy to like dissect. Oh, right, okay. Actually, yeah. This they is fell a, this apart. Is a, this is a side point. I have a big issue with prawns that I have to peel. Yes. 
I love prawns. I love prawns, right? And mm-hmm. I, I, I love a king prawn that is peeled and ready to go. I love it. Mm-hmm. I take issue with the amount of admin that goes into eating a shell on prawn. Because for me, if it's not right, a shell on prawn takes an awful lot of admin for something that you actually don't end up getting that much joy from the amount of food there is. Right, yeah, yeah. It's always been an issue for me. Mm -hmm. Whether that's me peeling it in the wrong way or whether that's, I don't know. I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but I don't enjoy it. However, as you say, these ones, the shell just fucking came away in your hand. Unbelievable. Fork Fork in the flesh. Shell just came away. It Pop was it an away. absolute joy. It was it was delicious. There wasn't anything about that meal I didn't like, and no. I actually thought I was gonna be really full and like a bit minging, like having like had a beer and then like, I have loads of pasta and like a bit of pizza and like. But I came away from it, and we polished the pasta off. Why did you come in a bag? What benefit is the bag? And we polished the pizza off, bar probably like half a slice. Your half a slice, and we ripped through it, and we we were like, "I'm feeling it." Do you know what? I feel like 20 years ago there was a restaurant like that in every town. There was a little Italian restaurant that was really, really good, good atmosphere, really good host, maitre d kind of guy. Yeah, that was where people used to go. Then the chain restaurants started opening up. People started going there because it was cheaper. Because mm-hmm. the chain restaurants are able to mm-hmm. do it cheaper. Then over time, those chain restaurants have had to keep up with the more trendy franchises that have started happening. Therefore, they've put their prices up. The Italian independents will close down. Mm-hmm. And therefore, people kind of get stuck in the middle. If they don't want to go to Pizza Express or ASK or ZZ or Strada or mm-hmm. Coluches or whatever, they don't want to go to that every week. But the independents lose a name for themselves. I'm talking about outside of London here. Yeah. So then everyone kind of gets stuck in this weird middle point. And then what happens is no one's going to the chains because people don't want to go there all the time. Mm-hmm. People basically want to go there with their kids or on a big party for a birthday or something. And then no one's going to the independence because they've lost their reputation and then the people get stuck in the middle and then both restaurants suffer. Mm-hmm. The cyclical nature of that though, right? It says to me that in, in, the, in a world where people crave more human interaction generally in things and people buy things and people engage with things because of... Uh, like a, a, a stronger sense of interaction with human beings and other people, it t- says to me that like that's just the next trend. Maybe that's the reason why fucking Jamie's Italian suffered is because Jamie's persona and brand persona was pulling off one way, and his business was pulling off a completely different direction. And his his personal persona was never ever carried out through the restaurant, which is impossible to do. It's fascinating. I don't know if it's just a Londony thing or if it's a general thing. I feel like people are starting to crave being treated in a more realistic manner, i.e. like we were tonight, where the service is fine, but it's by no means like super friendly. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Whereas when you go to a, a new age restaurant like your Padella or your or your Jolene, or Jolene mm-hmm. sticks in my head because I remember the service being really good, in mm-hmm. air quotes, where it is, hello, how are you tonight? What have you been up to? Yeah. And it's super friendly and super personal. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are actually craving the opposite. Mm. They want to be like in Italy, sat down, given a menu, left alone. Your barrier is down. Your sort of guard is down immediately because you're not getting talked to like a customer. You're yeah. you're not even getting r- regarded. And I actually we really fucking like that. The hostess literally laughed at you for taking yeah. photos. Mm. We she audibly laughed at you for taking flash photos. Yeah, it happens. It happens all the time. And it was fine. 
We ordered two uh, espressos and a tiramisu to share. Very romantic. And that tiramisu was absolutely fantastic. It was very good, actually. I like a tiramisu. That's the only reason I'm awake at the minute, because we've got a tiramisu and two espressos. For me, this Chow Bella, and mm-hmm. it, it's nice to round off the season with this. This was this was my top recommendation of, of the two seasons so far. Wow. Big. That. In London. Big I, actually, I actually think... A, because it's more central than a lot of places, it's more likely that if you're not from London, you may end up in this sort of area, and it's very easy to get to if you are, you know, on Oxford Street or Regent Street or wherever you may be visiting from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a very good price point. The, ha- nice, the house wine was £15 a bottle, which yeah. is absurdly cheap in London, yeah. and it was really nice. It went, it tasted like water. Yeah, it was really good. Like water, in a good way. To have a, 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 an older gentleman playing piano on entry... Uh, Playing Lil Nas X, for God's sake, on piano. Ciao, Bella. Top marks. Top marks. Signing off season two. Chow Bella is the sort of place that is the reason that we started doing this podcast in the first Yeah, place. it was very on brand for us. Season two in the bag. We will be back in a few weeks, an unconfirmed amount of weeks. Yeah, we're not sure, really. No, we've got some stuff going on. We're going to take a couple of weeks to take stock and make some tweaks, make some changes, better some stuff, plan some stuff, and we'll be back in due course. Thank you for listening to Set Meals. We will see you next season in a few weeks' time. See you later. right foundation is harder than ever il maquillage makes it easy to find your perfect match online no store required with 50 shades of flawless coverage and over 60,000 five-star reviews the hype is real their online quiz uses ai to find your ideal shade in seconds and with try before you buy you can try your full-size shade at home free for 14 days Take the quiz at ilmakiage.com slash quiz. I-L-M-A-K-I-A-G-E dot com slash quiz.